Hello, everyone. You're listening to Battle Red Radio. My name's Matt Weston, and this evening I'm joined by the Travis to my Kelsey, my good friend Taylor. How are you doing tonight, man? Did you glitch? Was that a glitch? Yeah. Is that what- you were mean for that long of a pause. Well, that was yeah, it was the joke. I know. Whenever I listen, I was into a podcast the other day, and there was like a three second pause. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I got all freaked out, and so we just Wait, freaked you, some people out. So you just enjoy that? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna scare them all. Yeah. Um, you have to keep your head on a swivel whenever you listen to the show. What, what, you know what? I'm miserable right now. You call me after work, and you're like, Taylor, we have to do the show. People are complaining. Listen, man, the four million listeners need to hold their Hey, four- six. Six. Okay, so we've gone up another two mil. Listen, I get it, but some people have to work, so it's just difficult for me. There's a lot of big changes going on, and the fan base is really jumping down my throat. Yeah, it's like that uh, that meme she asked me what my favorite sex position is. My answer is CEO. What? I don't. That's what you. You're working hard, making money. I, I, you know what? Thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. It is a compliment. I don't know what it means still, but I'm going to go with it. I like it at the same time. <laughs> I guess it wasn't my sex position, but it's like she asked me what my favorite position was. My answer was CEO. Okay, well, that's not the same thing. Why do you have to say sex position? I just thought it was funnier. I don't know. How do you do a CEO in in the sex position? You're saying like I don't I don't care about sex. I just care about my my job title at CEO. I care about my goals. Sounds like you want to have sex with the CEO. No, I I only care about this uh, singular pursuit and focus. Pursuit of happiness. I like it. No, pursuit of power. Oh. Oh, Pursuit of Power. Yeah. Same page. Got it. Yeah. So tonight, we are previewing the AFC West. We've knocked out the East, the North, and now we're heading out to the coast. We're heading out to the coast to hang out with Teddy Bridgewater and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Derek Carr. Talk about what I think is the best division in football. Do you think this is the best division in football, Taylor? No, this is not the best division in football. Why is this the best division in football? I think you got two Super Bowl contenders and the Chiefs and the Chargers. Well, and I pick. think both Denver and Vegas nope. are going to have winning records this year. That's where you're wrong. See, I'm going to give you Denver that Denver has a shot here. I'm not giving you Vegas. I don't know what the hell they're doing here. I, I think they're truly hoping for six wins. I, I, I think they're hoping the defense is finally going to be good, and it's probably not going to be good. That's what, I'm sorry, but I don't know what is going on with this team and what they're planning except for this 10-year contract that Gruden is truly grinding. Year four. It, wait, this is year four. So he has six more after this? Yeah. Good. <laughs> you say that with such good. You're like, yeah. yeah they went does. like four and 12 and then eight and eight, and I think nine and seven or eight and eight again. And I don't know. We'll work wait, our way through there. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. That's what the show is. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, so the first team here, we have the Denver Broncos. Last year, the Broncos went 5-11, and thanks to Drew Locke being one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I guess we've joked around before, he's like a fourth grader in a talent show who's doing a dance recital. He's not a very good dancer at all to begin with. 
And last year's version of Locke was a lot worse than the version of his rookie year. I think it was a combination of offensive line injuries, their offensive coordinator. Um, Pat Shermer wasn't really like as easy in the offense as the one he had his rookie year. And I was kind of surprised they fired their offensive coordinator of his rookie year as well, too. Um, and it, I mean, it was just a bad season. Just not very good. Not really any. The only good thing that they did is they beat the Chargers because they had like eight attempts inside like the two-yard line and locked through that game-winning touchdown pass. And that was probably like the highlight of the, their season. That and whenever they played the Titans week one on Monday Night Football, and Gaskowski missed like five field goals, and they lost like 12 to 10. And those are the two highlights of the char- of the Broncos season last year. Well, I mean, so here's the thing, because you're also this type of guy, right? You're the stats guy that always loves it. So how many close games did they lose, though? Four and six. So you would think that that would be it should able be to— better this year. Exactly. That's always your theory behind this. I don't think that's going to happen. This is what I mean by some of your theories are god-awful. Uh, actually, I forgot the third highlight from the Broncos season. They didn't play a game without a quarterback. And they, it really didn't make that much of a difference. The offense was the just about team. as bad as it always was. Yeah. There was no difference in what they did versus when they actually had Locke. You know what? what I don't, here's the thing with the Denver Broncos and why I'm struggling. They don't even want Drew Locke. It just seemed like that all Denver wanted to have this offseason, or at least from all the reports, is Aaron Rodgers. So if everything is, seems like that they weren't doing anything except kind of waiting around for something to happen, and now you're wanting me to believe that they're confident in Drew Locke, he's going to take this next step, this team's going to be able to get better, I just think they're going to get worse. Instead of them playing close games, I just think they're going to be blown out. Mm, interesting. Well, that, that's what I was going to ask you about Denver. So since Mayne retired, their quarterbacks are like Trevor Simeon and Case Keenum and Paxton Lynch and Drew Locke, and Brandon Allen, and uh, a whole slew of bad quarterbacks is who they brought in. A name redacted came and played here. Remember that? After the Texans cut him, he found his way back to Denver and started a couple of games back there again, too. Uh, they ran the whole gamut of, of bad quarterbacks. And so, like, this offseason, kind of, I do think they have a lot of talent on this roster. Are you surprised they didn't trade up in the draft? They didn't trade for Sam Darnold. They didn't try maybe say, hey, Philip Rivers, you should stay here. They didn't trade for Carson Wentz. Are you surprised by the decision they made to be like, yeah, we'll take Bridgewater for a six-round pick and, and call it a day and go in with uh, Locke and Bridgewater in a training camp? No, exactly right, because I just feel like that this team, and it's just like what you mentioned, has was only good whenever they actually had a quarterback, because even Peyton Manning's last year there. Awful. And- he was terrible. He was. He was god-awful. That arm was completely worse, blown out, than even Drew Brees of last. But when it comes to what the team was, their defense was so good, which I keep thinking they're trying to replicate that to make it just that Super Bowl defense where we can have a mediocre quarterback and it's still going to work. I'm only surprised because I just think that they were planning for Aaron. They were going to do anything to get Aaron and that would have probably, I, dude, you could say that they would have given away probably the next three to five years of first-round picks for Aaron Rodgers. That's how confident I am that Dimmer would have got them. Interesting. I mean, because here's the thing. Now you're going to have the what is that, quarterback little thing between Drew Locke and Teddy. Who's going to win that? Well, and the other thing about it, too, is that they could have drafted a quarterback in the first round. You know what I mean? Like, no, like they had the opportunity to to draft a quarterback and they selected 
Patrick Sertan the second instead. But they had the chance there, and they went and drafted a quarterback. So a quarterback. So it's like I wonder if they. I mean, they may just like Bridgewater a lot. You know, it may be like that simple. Like we Bridgewater is is probably the 16th best quarterback in the league. If we have a top five pass defense, like you mentioned, kind of what they're trying to do whenever they won the Super Bowl um, in 2016. Maybe that's our idea here. We'll have a top five defense. We need the 16th best quarterback. We have them, Bridgewater. We like our run game. And uh, that may be the plan here for them. And listen, I have always said, because I'm not as big a fan as you, but I do like me some Teddy. I, I just, love Teddy. Do you really think, though, they're not going to start Drew Locke? No, I don't think so. I think they are. And that's kind of my thing is I don't think Ted, like Teddy's eventually going to take over, obviously. But I think they're still going to try the Drew show here. They're going to still want that dancing, and I don't think the dance is going to be good, if not worse. Like I said, it's going to be worse this year. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking right now to like how, because we're a weekend at training camp, and so I'm kind of looking around, seeing you know on Twitter about what how this training camp battle is going between you know, Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and uh, there's not like a lot of stuff here for it, you know? It really no, isn't a, not, not like a lot of good things for anything. It's a lot of Broncos fans going, I can't believe that our we're looking here at Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and this is the only chance that we have right now. Which it's a damn shame that Teddy doesn't get a little bit more credit. But it's also at the same time, you know what Teddy's going to be. And you yeah. know what Teddy's going to do. So it kind of brings me to my question for you, because I think we've had this uh, talk before. So do you think that the Melvin Gordon thing is going to be able to be awesome? I mean, Melvin Gordon was there last year. He wasn't very good. I was like really kind of surprised looking at the numbers again, how awful Philip Lindsay was. Like he was a complete abomination. Um, like I, I like but the thing about Denver was interesting was that whenever they switch from you know a zone based scheme to a power based scheme, a gap based scheme, their run game really kind of took off. It was a lot of fun to watch, and they pulled really well. Their offensive line though, it's Garrett Bowles, Dalton Risner. Lloyd Cushenberry, the second at center, who was bad last year, but it's his second year now. Right guards, Graham Glasgow, and right tackles by Massey. The rest of their line is bad, and that's kind of like the only like hindrance. Like Glasgow's a good run blocker, but has problems in the pass game, um, and they have like a big hole at right tackle. And so it may be interesting to see if Bobby Massey ends up actually being the star there or not. But that's kind of the idea here. It's like a power run scheme, and they just have so many weapons though. Like I like they have. Four really good pass catchers in Cortland Sutton's back from injury. Jerry Judy, who I think is going to be, I don't know, the second best second year wide receiver in the NFL this year. KJ, KJ Hamler, the Noah fan. Those are four great passing options. Judy has popcorn all the time. He drops passes because his hands are too buttery. It's not going to be. I think he'll be better at this year, though. He's not going to be better because of who he's throwing. Who's giving him the ball? He doesn't have a solid quarterback right now. So I just don't. I mean, see- he, he just his routes are so good though. Like he gets open with like nobody four yards around him, and that was the kind of annoying thing about watching him last year. He would drop these passes. He would run like a ridiculous route, and he'd be so open. There's nobody around him, and it would you go over the top of his hands or whatever else. And you think he's going to be able to catch them this year? Yeah, I think so. I think the the best second wide receivers. I think I have this question later on, but I think it's CD and then Judy. Okay, well, at least you have CD at the top. That's all that matters to me in the end. But I will say to your point, man, it is a lot of weapons. I mean, you even have no fan tie. You have a lot of things. I just, I don't know why I'm not confident in this team. I don't know why I don't like this team. I just don't. There's just something that's not hitting me right. 
and it could be the quarterback position where I'm just not confident. I think that's what it is. I think it's just holding you back. And I put everything I had in a kind of Teddy last year, being able to believe, and he just still wasn't able to make the game-winning drives that I needed him to be able to do. I just, I love the defense. Defense is great. I just, there's something missing. Yeah. Well, so last year, Drew Locke had DYAR negative 151, DVO negative 16.2%, a 58 completion percentage. And like you never see below 60 for somebody who starts that many games in the NFL at all anymore. Uh, 16 touchdowns to 14 receptions. Bridgewater, 446 DYAR, 2% DVOA, 69.7 completion percentage, 15 to 11 touchdown reception ratio. And like Bridgewater, again, was the 17, 16, 17 best quarterback, like as mediocre as he gets. Um, this year for pr- projections, they had Bridgewater projected at 66.2 completion percentage, 25 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, and Locke at 58.7 completion percentage, 19 touchdowns to 10 interceptions, and Bridgewater throwing like 1,000 more yards. So they're kind of expecting if they do split between the two, you know, Bridgewater would be uh, significantly better than, than Locke. But again, like, I think the biggest thing Bridgewater, though, is just like him being more aggressive. Like he constantly takes the check downs. He has open throws downfield that may have like a hard level of difficulty, but he likes taking this the safest and easiest option. Typically, like if you need a game manager, that's what he can do if the defense is a top five level. And so, do you think this is going to be a top five defense this year? I like it. I mean, there's really not a lot of things that are missing here on the team. I just top five's a lot because it's also me believing that the defense is going to be healthy all year which I know they've been banged up in the past, but I love – I just hate that they got Pat Sertan. Ugh. Yeah. So I'm going to say – And their corners are good too already. Like they were able to bring back Kyle Fuller. Um, Brown Darby I think fits in the scheme well. Yep. And their safety tandem is Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. And their slot corner, Bryce Callahan, is really good in that role too. I mean, this is the best secondary in football. It, I would say so. I would say it's definitely in the top three too. When it comes though to everything else, I like it. I really do. I don't know if I'm going to say top five. I'll easily say top ten. Yeah, in the one hole, they don't have a lot of pass rush on their defensive line. It's more just like run-stopping sort of thing. And I don't. I think Josie Jewell's terrible. But Alexander Johnson's awesome. Really? Why do you hate Jewell? What did he do to you? He's just bad. Oh, you don't he's, like his face? He makes a lot of six-yard run tackles and isn't very good in coverage at all. Um, so I was looking at the numbers last year. Bradley Chubb, you know, was a top 10 pick. Everybody expected me the hair successor to Vaughn Miller, and his career hasn't really gone that well so far. But last year, he had 28 pressures, 11 hits, 7.5 sacks. Malik Reed, who took uh, Vaughn Miller's place when he was injured, was 20 pressures, 9 hits, and 8 sacks. So even better than Chubb was. And so with those three on the outside, like, I think that was kind of... If if Vaughn Miller's healthy, I think this is a no doubt. Like, if Vaughn Miller's healthy and has 10 sacks, I think this is a no doubt top 5 pass defense. If he gets hurt in Week 3... I think it makes it a little more difficult because I think that would become the issue for them. It's like, where is their pass rush coming from? And if they have, they're able to get Chubb, Reed, and you know, Miller all work on the field at the same time, which you can do by having like a five, like a wide nine, or whatever else that you want to do. Um, I think that's like really kind of what will propel them to being a top five defense. Yeah. All I know is that when it comes to Bradley Chubb, man, I didn't realize he was that bad. He's, I really... I mean, he's been pretty, he's like been pretty good, but he hasn't been like. That's top five pick that's yeah. not top five pick numbers no mm-hmm. that those numbers are gross last year i'd be angry what are you doing in the offseason lazy ass yeah von huh? miller's running hills up a big old mounds of sand and stuff and then getting in 
internet arguments about not wanting uh, his pregnant girlfriend's baby and things like that. That's good. Get on Von I, Miller's level, Bradley Chubb. Exactly. Oh, by the way, he doesn't even deserve that last name. Get rid of it. Yeah, there's, I'm not getting chubbed up for Bradley at all. Uh, so their offense last year is 31st in DVOA for in the passing game and 26th in the run game. Their defense was 11th against the pass. Their run defense was 20th. Uh, also, like Vic Pangio, there's no doubt or questions about his ability to coordinate a defense. Do you think he's a good head coach, though? No, I don't. Because I think no matter what with this team... By the way, how long has he been the head coach now? This is year two. I just think he seems like an 8-8 eight eight guy. Or in this case, whatever you want to call it nowadays. 8-9, whatever. Uh, but I hate he's, it. He's an he's a 8.5, 8.5 8. guy. Exactly. I just don't see anything kind of special where he's just making the team do different things versus what we've seen from this team in the past. The Denver Broncos have looked the exact same, and we've talked about it ever since Peyton left. It just, there's nothing else to them. And that's why I don't think he's a good head coach. I mean, yeah, I think it's kind of one of those guys who may just be better off as a coordinator. Um, he just seems very uninspiring. He like he just stands on the sideline, just kind of breathes out of his mouth. Like he always looks like he's snoring, you know. No, no, I agree. Um, and then I think like so at Denver, I like I'm like Cincinnati, who you know I want to try, I want to like, but I don't think I'm gonna like it all. Have you heard about the Joe Burrow reports in camp? What about how great he is? He's absolutely been awful. Like he's afraid of everything, and he can't throw the ball to any zip at all. Well, that's good, and it's probably because they didn't make him confident with their first-round draft pick. Yeah, I guess so. But um, that old line. Oh well. Like we talked about the Bengals. Like I want to like the Bengals, but they're probably gonna be bad. I'm not gonna end up liking them at all. With Denver, like I want to like Denver, and I think I'm gonna really like Denver this year. Like yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to watch the Denver Broncos. Top five, top, top five defense. Oh, great yeah. pass catchers. Fun. Pull, pull, uh, gap scheme, offensive line, run game, and you got Teddy. You got the Dude, most beautiful, loving, like sweetest man who can play the most mediocre quarterback. And if you have a top five pass defense, uh, the 16th best run game, that's all you need. And the 16th best passing game, all they need is 16th. Can they get? Can, would they have the 16th best offense? You think this year? No, they won't. What? They, what's their offense be ranked this year? I'm going to say probably 21st. 21st? 21st. And by the way, you said that sigh because you know I'm right, USOB. That was a your correct sigh. No, it was, uh, I was hoping you weren't going to say like 21st. I was hoping you were going to say like 27th so we could argue. But thought I'd be going ridiculous with it, didn't you? Yeah, I can't argue 21st. And also, I think this is no offense breakout season. Like if you're playing fantasy football, I think no offense can be a top five. Last year. No, this is year three. This is when Titans really break out. And uh, if you play fantasy football, I think no fans can be a top five tight end. I'm just going to draft two tight ends in the first and second round. There you go. Who are you going to draft? Uh, Kahali Waring and, and Darren Fells? Yeah. I'm going to be going crazy this year. I'm excited to talk about the Panthers because they have Sam Darnold and Dan Arnold on the same team. That's good. I've wanted you? that my entire life. Exactly what you wanted. It's yeah. just... I hate you. I'm so excited for that. So my key little prediction for the Broncos, top five pass defense. My prediction, because I'm surprised that you're disagreeing, and that's lock starts. Lock starts? Yeah. I think now, there's no way. Who knows? But he starts week one. I'm not even considering it. 
Wow. Like, I know we're doing like a season preview, but I'm not even considering Lock starting. He was so bad last year. Does it matter? Like, he was unplayable. It doesn't matter. You have to give him another shot. Why? This is year three. It's the rules. You got to see what he did. You invested a damn draft pick in him. That's a sunk cost, Taylor. You can't sink it too fast now. They you look at Arizona did with Josh Rosen. They're better off now. Well, yeah, but that's different because they drafted Kyler. Yeah. So they <laughs> traded for Teddy. Same thing with Teddy. Yeah. It's the same thing, though. You miss, You made a wrong decision. You have a bad pick. Cut costs and move on, you know? There's no, 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 there's no cutting costs yet. Still got to try. <sighs> I guess so. Um, so the Broncos, when lost t- uh, total here, the over-under, seven and a half. I'm going the over. I'm saying 10. I'm going 10 wins for the Denver Broncos. What the hell are you talking about? They also, about? they play the 27th easiest schedule projected in the NFL this year, too. Four and six in one-score games last year, you're talking about 16th best offense, top five defense, uh, easy schedule. They go... Six and three in one score games. They go ten and seven. That's great. Okay. This is a seven and ten team. This is the under. Seven and ten, huh? Yeah. Seven and ten. The only reason why, after all you just spilled out of malarkey, I went up a win instead of six and eleven. Malarkey. All right. Yeah. Your hopes and dreams are gonna become shattered when you say I hate watching the Broncos in week three. Maybe. I don't think so, though. I don't think so. so. Well, I'm not going to have the time to watch, like, you know, 16 games a week this year. And the Broncos are going to be high on the list of teams I'm going to watch. Oh, my God. I'm going to puke. You're going to (laughs) puke? How could this be the team you want to watch? So, so I think in the AFC, Cleveland, Denver. What? Tennessee. Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to watch Julio on Tennessee. I would much rather watch this Denver Broncos team. What are you? What are you on? We crack in Buffalo. Those are the six teams in the AFC. I'm excited so to watch you would rather them. watch the Denver Broncos instead of Buffalo Bills? No, they're all they're probably the same six teams. I'm excited to watch. They're like high on the rotation, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna stand by my puking statement. I'm gonna puke. Like, because they're interesting. Like, no. I know, I know the Chiefs are good. I get it. I know they're good. So the next team here, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the last time we saw them, they lost the Super Bowl as Patrick Mahomes ran around like fire ants for you nibbling on his genitalia as he had a backup offensive line. You go up against one of the most fearsome defensive lines in football. And I, and I really like, we talked about in that Super Bowl. I don't think the offensive line was like as bad as it was made out to be that game. But like the level of like difficulty Mahomes had play against compared to Brady is astronomical. And the Chiefs' uh, skill players just didn't make the catches they usually make. They have four really bad drops in that first half. And then whenever they, they fell behind you know, by 17 after the start of the third quarter, that was kind of the end of the game. But you remember that. You remember this bad Hill dropped that one in the end zone. Kelsey had that wide-open pass down the sideline that he dropped. They dropped another touchdown in the end zone, too. Matt, Matt, and Matt, listen. I am, you know me, I've already tried my hatred with this man. Dude, the only reason why they were getting away with it, it was because Patrick Mahomes is somehow Jesus with a football. But that offensive line was truly that bad. Well, they got, but I'm saying they fell behind, they got stuck. I think it was a lot, like, I think 
the first half it really wasn't that bad, and they just their skill positions let them down. And the second half, once they fell behind seventeen, it's like yeah, we have to throw the ball every down. Then it was just kind of like the gates of hell broke loose, you know. Okay, I'll give you that. Now I don't know if it was because they like knew that they were past or anything like that, but I will say the first half was a little bit more doable. But then the second half was just awful, where he truly was just running for his life, even though. And he and runs. I, he runs into a lot of pressure too, though. Well, I was going to say you and I talked about that during the game, where we even said, "Stop running to your damn right every free or his left every freaking time." And he, and he also takes 12, 12 yard deep dropbacks too. And so the defensive end can run right up the field and be able to create pressure, you know. The thing is, though, and you even said it, it was because whenever he would do that, he would still somehow make a play where he sacrificed his body at the same time. But yet his guys still had the chance to be able to make those catches, and they did. I mean, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey draw passes. Mm -hmm. And one was a touchdown, the other one ended a drive, you know. And, like, that was kind of, I think, like, overall, like, they lost the game because of the Buccaneers pass rush and Brady had an easy game to play against. But like overall, like they didn't give Mahomes the chance to like be football Jesus and pull off a game that they probably could have, you know, won potentially. Um, but so since that happened, though, the Chiefs were like, "Yeah, we have Patrick Mahomes, and uh, we're going to do everything we can to make his life even easier by going all in their offensive line." They yeah. traded a first round pick to Baltimore for Orlando Brown to play left tackle. Um, they signed Joe Thune to an enormous contract play left guard. They signed Austin Blight to play center. They also drafted a center in the second round and Creed Humphrey, who will probably end up uh, winning that spot this year. Lauren Devarney Tardif is back from an injury to play right guard. And the one player remaining from last year's offensive line is a uh, former Carolina Panther and you know, former backup player in Minnesota, Mike Remmers, who kind of like snuck his way to start lineup after Mitchell Schwartz got hurt. Um, he's rounding out right tackle. So they invested all their resources into their offensive line, ignored their defense where there's some kind of cracks they'll start to break through. And uh, it's just surprising because like Mahomes is sort of quarterback kind like of Russell Wilson where you don't really need that good an offensive line for him. You know, like you need like maybe the 24th best offensive line. He's fine. And we saw that a lot last year too. And so I think it was kind of surprising what they did here. Did you think this was the right decision for the Chiefs to use their resources by completely rebuilding this offensive line that you know, should be good for the next you know, five years or so? Matt, you're usually smarter than me on this, but you're absolutely wrong on this in every single way. Dude, this was so freaking genius from the Chiefs. And it's this easy, Matt. It's this easy. I don't care what my defense is because I'm going to outscore you every time. Because the moment that my quarterback touches the ball, it's going to take him probably a minute. Oh, I'm sorry, 45 seconds to a minute to run down the field and then score the ball. That's what they're doing, dude. They don't need to do anything else with that defense. They just want that defense to just, hey, guys, try to stop. Like maybe make them punt once or get a field goal a couple times. But if that's all they do, that's enough for this now offense, for Patrick Mahomes to be protected, for the weapons to take their time running open because he's going to have hours, and then you're going to have Patrick Mahomes feed you the ball. Instead of him running for his life, making the crazy-ass passes and possibly getting injured, dude, he can chill. He can hang out. He's going to be that cool dude that's going surfing. But that's why, for me, I think this was genius. And it's scary. I mean, I just don't think they, they needed it at all, you know? Like, again, like it's kind of, that's kind of the problem with the salary cap is that you see what you don't need to invest in almost as much as what you have a, a core competency in. And so it just really isn't, it really isn't necessary. 
but I disagree. I think it's completely necessary, and it's because they are showing you what they think they can do. I mean, I, they- I, 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 my, my feeling on it, it'd be different if Patrick Mahomes was like 31 years old, you know? No way, no way. That's no how way. I think about it. Matt, the moment they lose him is the moment this team is nothing. Well, for sure. So then why am I not going to spend the most money and make sure that that guy is protected more he's, than Because he's so, he's so mobile. He never really even takes bad hits well, to begin well, with at all. You don't want to take those chances. You're rolling the dice every time he gets hit. I mean, I just think it's, it's similar with, with Seattle and Russell Wilson. You know, They didn't really invest in their offensive line at all. And now it's different that he's 32 years old and he's kind of tired of like taking hits or whatever and the pressure he plays under. But for you know seven years, it wasn't an issue at all. But imagine if he would have been prolonged. He's now not as angry that he's not being protected. Well now, well, now it's a little bit different when he's 32. But that's why I mean, like, Mahomes, like, you don't need a great offensive line Mahomes for him. Mahomes going to get tired of it is my point. He has the protection forever well, yeah, now. They, that was the decision they made. Yes, which is a smart one. I just, I mean, personally, I think they could have been you know, better off adding some linebacker play, uh, adding some pass rush, and maybe only getting, like, Maybe train for Orlando Brown, and that's it. Not sign Joe Thune. Well, you know what, what's funny. Is, what's funny? When you even said it. It was like you hate that they don't need that, and I actually say I hate that because I don't. They don't need what you say, and we're just on the opposite spectrum because they don't need defense when you have that offense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Should have put the defense because they should have that defense. Yeah, yeah and that's what it comes down to, it's really picking your poison here, and they just chose strictly offense all the way through. Yeah, and if it's just mainly offensive line, um, they only really... And they, they also signed Kyle Long, but he got hurt in training camp, and they know exactly what's going to ha- happen to him. But they added Jerick McKinnon. Um, they had Jaron Reed, uh, defensive tackle. They added Kamalai Correa, former Tennessee Titan, outside linebacker, and Mike Hughes and Jerick McKinnon. <laughs> and that's uh, those are their offseason additions this year. It was pretty much... They upgrade the offensive line. That was kind of the entire the, the entirety of it, you know, this year for them. So I, I mean, like it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Like if they do score four or two points a game, it doesn't really matter at all. Um, but it is gonna be interesting. I think it's just kind of more like you're saying they want to protect their best their, their best asset. And they saw like with you know, Shorts being hurt and Fisher being hurt, that was kind of the end of their careers, respectively. So I don't know. We'll see what happens though. Well, no, and it's kind of like what my my question for you is in this case. When it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt, are they going to the AFC Championship? I would think so. There it is. And who the hell cares? I mean, they, they got if you're automatically saying that and they didn't do anything on the defense, then who cares because they're automatically going because of this offense. Yeah, so like, are you annoyed? Are you tired of Patrick Mahomes yet? No, I can't be because I told you I was hating on two years ago when he was, I said, like, oh, he just has, like, the best offensive weapons. It's cheating. When everyone was hurt, he was still doing the exact same thing. So it's a little different for me now when no matter what he's doing it, I would much do. If I continuously get Brady versus Mahomes, I feel like I won the jackpot where you could finally, and think about this moment, Matt. Let's give Brady, I want to give him two more Super Bowls because that would just make me giggle and laugh. So if Brady wins, and let's say the third one that he goes to, or the fourth one, he loses with the Bucks, and then Patrick Mahomes beat him, where then Tom retires, and it's a full passing of the torch. Yeah. Oh, God, I would cry. 
I'm not even a fan as far as a diehard of either one of those, but I would cry because that's a hell of a football moment. Well, I mean, I think this kind of what happened last year, though, with, with Tom Brady. I mean, like, if they had a rematch, it would make it different. But that's kind of the thing about last year's Super Bowl, too, though, between the two, is that if they never played to the Super Bowl again, it's like, yeah, Brady's the greatest of all time. No matter what, he's the greatest. Yeah, like, no matter what Mahomes does, he still, didn't get, he still didn't beat him as age 41 season, you know? So that is the same uh, type of policy with Tim Duncan beating LeBron James, right? Sure. Yes. Yeah, you did it. Baby, uh, are you? Do you think this is the year that Miko Harmon breaks out? No, I don't think so at all. I don't know why you think so. No, why I'm you... asking you. Oh no, 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 I don't think so at all. No, I, didn't say, I... I didn't say I think Miko Harmon's gonna break out. I said, do you think this is the year that Miko Harmon breaks out? I think he'll have the same as Pringle, man. I don't really think Pringle Harman... sucks. Demarcus, you... but no eyes are to Demarcus Robinson though. That guy drops every pass. And I, but the scary part about Demarcus Robinson is that he truly gets open. I mean, yeah, he, has, and he drops everything. You're exactly right. He's like a Nelson Aguilar, where maybe if he goes somewhere else, he'll like stop eating popcorn. But when it comes to Hardman, do you like him? Okay, so for me, to answer your question, no, I don't think Hardman's going to have a breakout year. Like I said, I don't think he's going to do much different than Pringle. What do you think? Um. I mean, I think if this is if this is ever going to happen, this would be the year for it to happen. You know, I also think part of the problem too is like Hill and Kelsey just get so open that he doesn't really get the chance to like feel any rhythm in the offense at all. Because last year, those two combined for oh, let's see, a hundred and ninety-five catches and twenty-six hundred receiving yards, and there's not much left over after that. You know, yeah, but I mean, it's just. 26 Even, touchdowns. Hey, just stop talking about my number one fantasy pick here on this podcast. Again, the 6 million listeners are going to take him away from me. But I will say when it comes to Tyreek Hill, I think he is just the best football player for me to watch, period. And I think that's where my love for this team comes from. It's because he is a true video game character. I'll always remember the return with Dallas Cowboys where oh, they yeah. 30 yards back. And it was just a pass play, and I go, okay, well, he won. All he had to do, he is the Bo Jackson video game where they said you can just zigzag, and no matter what, you can't catch Bo. It's a cheat code. Tyreek is that freaking cheat code. He just has to zigzag, mm-hmm. and he's going to beat them. I think he's just so much fun. Yeah. Uh, they. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I remember that Cowboys thing specifically, too. I, I um, scores. Well, my I really like last year whenever he did the he gave the the peace sign to Antoine Winfield whenever he had those like three touchdowns in one half and then Winfield crushed him in the Super Bowl and they were up by like twenty one he peace signed him was like it was beautiful and it's absolutely they gave, and they gave him a flag for it so okay oh. but the offensive player can do it and he yeah. gets it back and I'm so glad Winfield did that I love that guy me too and by the way he even said he didn't mean it like as a like he meant it as smack talk during yeah the game. yeah wasn't like something malicious and by the way. Tyreek took it as smack talk. Yeah, it's fun. It's part of the game. It's a fun and thing. And that part flag that because it's a part of the game. Yeah. Go. Well, that's what you do when you're up 24, you know. That's true. So the thing about the Chiefs, though, here's kind of a sneaky thing about them. They were a very lucky football team. They won two games more than expected. They had pl- turnover differential plus six. They went eight and two in one-score games. Their actual compared to their Pythagorean record is plus 3.3. Their string schedule is negative 2.2%, so they play a pretty easy schedule. 
And it took all that for them to win 14 games. So I'm sitting here, and I'm not saying necessarily that the Chiefs are going to miss the playoffs or anything oh, like that. I'm sitting here saying that the Chiefs are going to be worse this year. And they're not going to be a 14-win team. They're not going to be a 13-win team, I don't think. Oh, okay. I'm they're probably going to be like a 12, 11, maybe uh, a 10-win team. 10-win team. You calling 10 wins right now? <laughs> no, I'm not going to call 10. Right I want you to call 10 and 7 right now. I don't even care if it's the before season. I'm not yet. I'm, we're, not, we're not there just yet. I'm, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I don't know how much better this offense is going to be with their offensive line improved. Because um, I, I don't, you know, I don't think it was. The, I think the run game is gonna be better, but I don't think it's gonna make that much difference to their passing game, really at all, you know. And uh, and again, like I just think this defense is, you know, pretty average, and it's been getting worse the last two years. They're another year older. I like their secondary, but the linebacker plays awful. Their pass rush is Alex Okafor, who's very mediocre. Chris Jones, who's like really kind of off and on. Jeremy Reed, who's had one good season back in 2018, and Frank Clark, who's arrested for having an Uzi in his car. Um, who knows? Who knows if he'll be suspended start this season too? And Clark was bad last. Clark was absolutely awful last year. Also, but he was supposed to be good. Yes, I agree. He was good his first year, but he was, uh, oh, he was terrible last year. It was bad. And so, like, that's what I mean. I just don't know how much of the Nealus offensive line moves. I think it allows them like to run a kind of a different. I think it's what they needed to do for their offense to take the next step in their evolution from being more of like an RPO, like you know, counter. Um, run from the spread, you run power run plays and counter plays from the spread sort of rushing attack. But I don't think it helps the passing game really all that much. I don't think it makes a tremendous difference. So I'm expecting for the Chiefs to be worse this year. Okay, you're, you, oh, wow. I I think I'll put it this way. I think they're going to be worse in the sense that they're going to be 13 and 4. Okay. I think that's really as worse as you're going to get with this team and it's because it's this easy, Matt. Here's my prediction. They're going to average 38 points a game. All right. That's what they're going to do. Because to your point, they're going to have to score in the 30s on every single game with this defense because I don't like anything I see either. I mean, I, I really don't. There's nothing that's blowing me away except for your honey badger because I just love to see that man. But when it comes to Frank Clark, we talked about it. It, was, it wasn't good last year. And if that repeats, it's, it's going to be a long year for this defense where the other teams are going to be scoring at least 24 it's just hitting that magical 38 to 40 to beat this team. And that's where no matter what, you get the 13 yeah. win. Not a lot can do it. Well, and it's kind of like, and this makes it hard to looking at it. It's like Buffalo's the only team who I think could score score enough to play with them. And then the Browns play a type of offense that is very difficult for them because they have an awful linebacker group. Their run defense is always bad every year. And I think Tennessee's like has a really balanced offense too, where I don't know if I get like until Tennessee scores thirty eight points in the game, uh, I don't know if necessarily can outscore them, you know, yet necessarily. My prediction though is that the Chiefs are worse this year and the over under is twelve. I'm going the under. I'm going eleven and six. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're so come what is with your hatred in this team? What's I don't hate on? them at all. Is it because they don't have Teddy? What is their record if they have Teddy? Uh, if they have Teddy, yeah. nine and no, they're probably seven and right. seven and ten. So, so let me throw this. I'll throw like a little bit of devil's advocate here, Matt. Patrick Mahomes, the way he can decline is if I've seen a lot of photos of him on the yacht with the wife and with the new baby. Maybe oh, distractions. Maybe he's turning to the family man. Maybe he just is kind of just comfortable at this time. 
not really pushing. So that's the only thing I'm going to say here, where if he turned too much in the family, man, you could see a little bit of regression. That's so, all I'm going to so Patrick Mahomes is too much of a family guy, and so the Chiefs may not win 14 games because of it. Because we know Tom Brady's not a family guy. Look it up. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Maybe he didn't like that woman. Well, yeah, or that kid. Yeah, but I mean the kid's part of that woman too, so I don't know. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah. So where are you going here for their, their win-loss prediction here? I told you they're 13 and four 13 and four yeah i'm taking the over baby are you going to vegas is this a lock oh this would be easily a lock 13 and four it's a lock yeah so just to recap i have the the broncos winning 10 games and the chiefs winning 11 games yeah yeah that's great <laughs> great start i'm a little bit of a, i'm a little bit twi- twisted you know uh-huh i can't wait till you talk about the chargers so speaking of the next team we have here the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, the Chargers last year was you know a big year for rookie quarterbacks. It was Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. You know a lot of Joe Burrow talk, and then there was Justin Herbert, who a lot of people wrote off. You know expected him like he was just drafted high because he was tall and that sort of thing. Playing kind of like a bunk offense in Oregon was actually one of the best rookie quarterbacks of all time. Um, the sixth best rookie quarterback ever by DYAR and was absolutely tremendous. Made probably like 15 of my favorite throws last year also. And like loves to push the ball downfield, a sneaky good runner, really good in the pocket, a uh, smart player. The only like bad game we had was against the Patriots when they blitzed him like 47 times and the Chargers' very bad offense had a big, had a lot of really tough time dealing with it. Um, and the, the Chargers did what the Chiefs did. They rebuilt their entire offensive line this year. And they did so around a quarterback on a rookie contract. They drafted Rashawn Slater in the first round. They signed Matt Filer to play left guard from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They signed Court Lindsley from the Packers to play center. They brought in Ode Bushi from the Detroit Lions to play right guard. And they brought in Beluga back at right tackle, even though he's been pretty injured the last two seasons. So we'll see how you know Beluga actually is able to stay at the right tackle position. But they replaced four-fifths of their offensive line offseason, and that was kind of the big decisions they made. And if you look at the departures here, really the only guy they really lost was, they lost a lot of players, but the only person of like any matter was Casey Hayward and Hunter Henry, and they replaced Hunter Henry with Jared Cook. So it's kind of the same team, except with a much better offensive line. And uh, and this is back, this is protecting, you know, one of, probably, like talent-wise, one of the, probably the five best quarterbacks in football already. All right. Don't take this the wrong way, because usually I'm not this guy. I love me some Herbert. I love everything about it. This team means nothing to me on offense because I don't think that's what matters here. I think it's all about their defense, and it's because, man, this team just needs to be healthy. If this team is healthy, this is a rock-solid team from top to bottom here with the defense to the offense that can obviously put up points. It's just being able to put Herbert in the right situations where then he's not having to either come from behind or perform some type of miracle play, even though he can do it. I think he's great, man. I just, I he's love beautiful. Him. I mean, it was so much fun to watch because to your point, nobody expected it. Everybody kind of was just a uh, tall white guy. He's just a classic mold. That's yeah. all. Stereoty- stereotypical NFL quarterback. 
weren't they kind of looking at it like it was a Trubisky situation just because of the way he looked and the way he was built. But then the guy just started coming out, and it truly was a dodgeball moment where you're like, holy smokes, he's got a cannon, Cotton. And that's what made it so much fun to watch with this team. It's just coming down to injuries all around because he can't do it all himself. Yeah. Especially in this division and especially in the AFC. If they are healthy and they have all of their guys, this is a really strong team. And I would even say a top five team in the there AFC. There we go. There we go. Uh, so I know you mentioned like Herbert winning close games. That was kind of the weird thing about them last year. They went 7-9. and nine. But they start off the Herbert start off the year in close games zero and seven, so every game he pretty much started the year off at quarterback they were close and they just barely lost. So that game against the Chiefs was ridiculous. They lost in overtime. I think the Chiefs made like a sixty-two yard field goal to send overtime in that one. Um, they missed those field goals against the Saints to lose to them. And they're out. The, they're out like they lost to the Broncos even because Drew Locke threw a game-winning touchdown pass. And that's how bad it was for his first seven stars. But then after that, they went four zero down the stretch and one score games. And they have finishing um, five and seven such contests because Tyrod Taylor beat the Bengals in Week One. And it's kind of bad in a way hurt their draft position. But I think they got who they wanted in Rashawn Slater. So like instead of Rashawn Slater, they could have had Pene Swool if they lost more games. You know. Uh, instead of winning those four close games in the stretch, but I think it was important for Herbert to do so. I was going to say, I would much rather have the confidence in the guy versus you trying to lose in order to get a better draft pick. Because again, I feel like they're okay with who they got. Oh yeah, he's been awesome in training camp too. Like all their forces for training camp is like, nobody can get around him. He's incredible. Well, and that's what you want. And also it's because you're going to a team where, hey man, you have a guy. And that's what it all comes down to as well whenever these early guys are drafted, especially offensive line, where it's nice to be able to have a guy that you're wanting to protect. Yeah, for sure. Herbert seems like that cool guy. He seems like the cool guy in class. I don't know. Yeah, he makes he makes me want to gain 100 pounds and exactly. give all my life to lifting weights so I can protect him. Exactly. Now, my question to you, though, Matt, if this defense is healthy, is this defense a top five? Well, what, what I— Want to bring up one more time with Herbert the performance of the defense is that you hear his projection his projections for this year. Hold on, can I guess? I mean, I guess. guess so. All right. I'm going to say 45 TDs, and I'm going to say 15 interceptions. I guess uh, I don't even have them written down here. Oh my god! What the hell? I no, have I- the actually what I what I had here instead was. His actual numbers from last season. But let me grab them for you real fast, all right? I was going to say, I need to have them at this point because what do you, it's got to be. So, what do you think? 5,500 yards? You guess what he's going to do? And then you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to be able to throw. By the way, you think Mike Williams is going to be able to like do some more here instead of just catching one pass a game? That's what he does, though. He's a go up and get it. He, you want to play like he's a great jackpot receiver. Um, but so Justin Herbert, 67% completion percentage on 679 attempts, 5,070 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. That's what he had better last year. Last year he had 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 4,300 yards. They think, oh my God, no, 45 TDs. I like it. I'm good with it. How are we not doing that? This guy is going to be able to be a can. Because what do you think? That Eckler is going to be running the ball the whole time? 
Justin no, Jackson. I, you, all right, I got a question for you. What's yeah. the here's the trivia. What's the most rushing yards Austin Eckler's ever had in a season? Whoa, that's like a hold on, let me put it. I'm gonna say the most. Yeah. Seven hundred. Five fifty seven. Okay, that's awful. But he always catches like he catches like seven hundred yards of passes though. So Did I think receiving last year? Uh, he got hurt last year. Who was their receiver then when it came to the running back? Is that also why was, that Well, Eckler came back later in the year, but they had like Joshua Kelly and they had uh, Justin Jackson, and both of them were bad. Well, how long was he hurt, though? Because he actually didn't have bad stats. I mean, he missed stats. like six games. Hey, he didn't have bad stats then for missing six games. Yeah, I mean, he had like 300 rushing yards. Yeah, All five, he does is hit, no, yeah, 530. 530? Okay, well, good. Yeah. That's better. Yeah. <laughs> the what? most he's had those 557. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just I was surprised by that though. But yeah, I mean, I think this is a top. I think this is a top five offense fleeing to happen. And I don't like. I don't. I don't buy any of the Herbert's gonna regress talk at all. I don't buy it. Quarterbacks tend to get better from year one to year two. He was one of the six best. He had the sixth best season ever for a rookie quarterback. And I think like some guys just have the talent, and like he has it. You know, I'm really not concerned at all about him being worse this year at all whatsoever. Hey Matt, let me ask you if this makes sense. Uh, we're going to protect him more and we're going to get him better guys and he's going to do worse. It doesn't make, Does sense. make sense. No, and, I, make- and I like Jared Cook in this offense form too. Because Cook's, like- Cook's a good vertical receiver. And you know what he's really good at? Throwing the ball downfield. I also Ooh. I also love Jalen Guyton because dude's rock and all he does is run a four four forty and catch 60-yard touchdown passes. I, so what are they? I mean, Keen Allen's just going to be growing across the middle? Well, Keenan Allen just catches like 140 first downs every season. By the way, man, I may draft him this year. Oh, my God. Just so I can watch Herbert. Oh, my God. The Herbert and the Allen connection. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I picked up Herbert like week four in fantasy last year. He just rocked the rest of the season. He did. Yeah. yeah I love him. Uh, so defensively, this is a really strange defense. They're moving to a 3-4. Their best player is Joey Bosa. He's been an outside linebacker. I like their their safety play. I like their cornerbacks here. Uh, but their front seven doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's Jerry Tiller at defensive end. Not a really good spot for him in the run game. Linval Joseph at nose tackle. He hasn't been very good for like you know two years or so now. And they have Justin Jones at the other defensive end spot. And he's more, he's fine. He's not that good of a run defender. Kenneth Murray was bad last year. Um, Kazir White isn't very good. And then strong side linebacker, they have Inwosu. And so, again, like they're moving Bosa from defensive end to outside linebacker. I don't really like it at all. And so, like, that was kind of one of the things that Brandon Staley did last year in Los Angeles as defensive coordinator is he got the absolute most he could out of Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey to make things really simple and easy for the rest of his defense. So guys like Morgan Fox could have a chance to make plays. And our, you know, fifth-round linebacker has a lot of chance to make easy plays because of how we use these two guys to open up the rest of the spot for their defense. And I don't really see they're doing that right now with Bosa playing weak side linebacker. And so Stevens is based around him and Derwin James. I think Derwin James is going to make a lot of plays in the run game, especially you know fitting the run from uh, two high formations. But it's, I don't know, I just, I don't like the idea of a 3-4 here for him. Well, yeah, and I will, I will give you this. Because when it comes to with the Tillery, with the Joseph, with the Murray, I'm not big fans either. And so I think everything else on the defense, I'm kind of enjoying. But I get what you're saying when it comes to that front seven. 
I just think that whenever you have a guy like Bosa, I just think it's something special. Oh, he is special. He's and an I artist. Just, and that's what I mean. It's like even where – what was there? There was like even a clip. I think it was Von Miller that was showing him moves uh, whenever they were playing against each other after the game. I just think that when it comes to Bosa, he's going to be able to get after the quarterback – or no matter what, he's the difference maker. So it's pretty much everyone else is a distraction if they're able to get around and be able to make a play great. But it's just, if Bosa's healthy, man, this is such a dominant defense for me. Well, so last year he played, he started 12 games. He had seven and a half sacks, 20 hits, 27 hurries. That game he had against Buffalo last year was one of the five best you know, defensive line performances um, and like I said, he's an artist. Like Nick, his brother Nick, like he wins like with athleticism, just being like strong and fast. And Bosa wins with like hand and body placement and torque and leverage. And he's more of an artist, you know. He's a poet. I'm like his brother, who's just like the the stereotypical jock. Um, I have a piece of trivia here about Joey Bosa. His grandfather was a hitman for the Chicago Mafia and killed like 30 people or so, and never went to jail. How did he never go to? How did you know that? And he never went to jail. Look it up. Who told you that story? Read about? the Wikipedia article. I only watch Forensic Files, he's, so unless he is on Forensic Files for a murder, then I'm not going to believe it. We could we could do a whole. I may I'll just do a whole podcast where I sit here and read the whole Wikipedia article for Joey Bosa's grandfather. It's crazy, and also he's had like, like in his family they have like twelve guys who play professional football. By the way, why don't we have a readings corner for Joey Bosa's grandfather? <laughs> we can do a bonus episode that's that. Or I, I just... Oh, I can't go anywhere. Yeah, we can call it Reading Rainbow. It's me reading Joey Bosa's grandfather Wikipedia article. And you sit there and you listen to it. It's like, wow, crazy. It'd be amazing. You're telling me what? Actually, you did what? I'm actually in for this. All right, next episode we'll do a, a bonus one too. All right, I'm in. Um, but I think the problem here, though, is that this is going to be a really bad run defense and a really bad run offense. Like, I think they're going to have a bottom five run defense and a bottom five run offense. And uh, and like and there's just a ton of no names on this defense too. Like, if you look at the roster, you kind of like look at kind of fringe players and stuff. There's a lot of guys you have never heard of it all before, and it's really no different than what the Rams defense was last year too where they had like seven starters come out of nowhere and have really great seasons because of what Staley was able to do with Ramsey and Donald to put them in easy spots to make plays. And like that's what they're going to have to have this year. Like they, The Chargers defense is going to be, I think, fairly bad this year unless like five guys come out of nowhere and Derwin James is healthy and Bosa has 12 sacks. Because if not, I just don't like the talent in this front seven at all whatsoever. And I think the secondary is good, but it's not like the Denver Broncos where they can overcome like any sort of meek pass rush at all. All right, man, I'm going to ask you this then. So do you think that Chargers could afford then another year before they're actually becoming great? Because the reason why I ask this, just like we talked about at the beginning where what they did in this offseason is focused completely on the offensive line where it's all about protecting Herbert. So let's say, though, that the defense is not as great because the issue is no matter as great as I love Herbert, he still showed some moments where he was not able to win the game versus Patrick Mahomes is always able to make that certain play. And I'm not hating. I'm only saying this defense is going to have to make plays. If they're not going to, isn't that what the Chargers would kind of hope for? So then next year in the draft, that's all you do. Top to bottom, bottom yeah, thing. You have the offense built out. 
Um, yeah, I can see that. And I think like, I know I'm always really bad about this for being a year too early. And so like, I really wanted to be Charger Super Bowl, you know, like Super Bowl contending for a team this year. And like, that's what I think. I think they're one year away from being that level of team. But I think it's going to be a really good team. I think this team is going to be able to like compete against the Chiefs to win the division. Like, I think they're going to be around the same level, same win-loss records to Chiefs this year. But yeah, like before we can sit here and be like, they're AFC Championship games for a team, a Super Bowl contending for a team. I think they need one more year. And again, I think it could happen, but they need to have like five guys in this defense come out of nowhere. And I also, I think they're going to sign more players to this defense too once cuts are made in training camp and that sort of thing also. I just think there's just holes here on the front seven especially and um, and they'll add some more players in the next few weeks too. And so that may change a little bit also, but uh, I, I know I'm just really excited for Justin Herbert. I love this offense. I love I love what they did this offseason. Um, I love about like 95% of this team. The other thing that's interesting about the Chargers too, they were they had the worst special teams in football last year. And you would assume that will get better as well um, this season. The other thing is they play kind of a tough schedule. So this year they get to play... So they play at Washington, Dallas, at Kansas City, Las Vegas, Cleveland, Baltimore, New England, at Philly, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, at Denver, at Cincinnati. And so they have a really tough schedule also, and I think that's kind of one of the hard things for them too. Well, no, and when it comes to this, in all honesty, the more you and I are talking about it, Case, I feel like that this team is going to be kind of like the Cleveland Browns of last year, or maybe even the year before, where they're going to be able to make the playoffs kind of at that wild card spot where it's going to be very like the kind of get in moment. And I think that it's going to be a close game, but it's still not going to be we're ready time. Yeah. And that's where I agree where you are always a year early. I'll give you that credit. It's the only credit I'll give you, but you are usually a year early when it comes to making these type of predictions, but it's kind of like what I, I kind of talk myself into it where I didn't see the defense having this many holes until you brought it up. Cause dude, I don't know half these guys. You like, know, they, I mean, just even like, look at their backups. What what is this? Like, like I, I I like defense. You know, you have probably like twenty one, twenty two guys who play a lot of snaps. I don't know who any of the backups are on this team at all. Who's Amin Ogabagima? No idea. That's what is going. Dante Bond. No ben, idea. Ben DeLuca. Why does DeLuca sound familiar? Because he was in The Sopranos. Probably DeLuca. Yeah. Like DeLuca. Don't Luca. <laughs> yeah, I, that was one of the things I was going to do for this episode was sit here and read a bunch of defensive players all, like you're doing right now, but my phone's charging, and so I didn't want to mess up the, the quality of this great sound that we have right now. Of course. So, what's your key little prediction for the Los Angeles Chargers? I'm going to stick by. Again, I, I don't know what it's going to take in the AFC because AFC is so dominant. But I want to put them on the wild card spot. I'm going to say ten and seven, eleven and six. What's their over? What's my Vegas? Well, what's your cute prediction? You know. Oh, my cute prediction. Yeah, what's the cute one first? My cute one. He's the. Gonna... He, where's the cute one? Where's the cute one? Where's the cute one at? Yeah, you can't tell me who you think it is. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to say for my little pick here, Eckler. Has a thousand yards rushing, rushing. Wow! All right, I'm doing it. I'm gonna take my gamble here. I like this. All right, I like this. is a really good one. No, I love it. This is a great prediction. 
Uh, mine is, I think it's the bottom five run defense. Yeah. And I think Justin Herbert gets better this year. I'm not concerned about Herbert regressing. Dude, yeah. You should do mine. 45 TDs. I like it. 55. Good. Who cares? Good. It's a 17 game season. 6,000 yeah. yards. Who cares? Say, why would he have less? I get, well, that's the computers. The computers are always more conservative, you know? God, bunch of robots. Yeah, they, that's what the analytic says. Yeah, why don't you go strap a wire? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the win total for the Los Angeles Chargers, 9.5. I'm taking the over. I'm going 11. All right, cool. I'm going to take the 10 then. Either way, I have them over. I'm putting them at 10 and 7 now. All right. I like it. So the last team here, the Las Vegas Raiders. It's year four of the John Gruden era. Um, this past offseason, they went from having one thing they were really good at, which is their offensive line, and giving Derek Carr oodles and oodles of time to throw a football. And they said, let's switch things around. Let's try to improve this bomb five defense because the defense is holding us back again. And they got rid of pieces of their offensive line. Um, they got rid of Gabe Jackson. They got rid of Ronnie, Ronnie Hudson. Or Ronnie Hudson. And they also traded... Um, Brown over back over to the Patriots as well too to create some cap space and so they got rid of three parts of their offensive line and replaced them and pretty much took that cap space they had and invested in their defensive line instead. So they added uh, Yank and Gakwe. They added Quentin Jefferson. I think John the Hankins was on the team last year. If not, he's here. They had Casey Hayward. Um, they drafted uh, Trevin Mooring in the free, a free safety in the first round of the draft. They had Carl Joseph, who was bad everywhere except for the Raiders his rookie year. Um, and they've had some kind of problems with Damon Arnell, right? Their first round pick last year. And so that was their decision. They said, our offensive line, that's what carried us. We're done doing that. We're going to cut here to create resources for their defense. And I see a few problems with that. And na- namely, it's the fact that Derek Carr needs a lot of time to throw the ball. He needs a really great offensive line. When he has a really great offensive line, he's a fringe top 10 quarterback. When he does it, he's probably like Teddy Bridgewater level quarterback, and so that's my concern. With the Raiders is that by cutting their offensive line, they're not a team that can that can win games without a great offensive line. And so, however good Colton Miller, Richie Incognito, who's coming back and his brain's just purple at this point, uh, Nick Martin, Denzel Good, Alex Leatherwood can play this year. That's really what their season kind of depends on, especially their pass protection specifically. If they can get Derek Carr five six seconds to throw the ball, this could be a playoff team. If he has 1.5 seconds to throw the ball, uh, that's not what Derek Carr can do to be a good quarterback. Man, I'm not going to lie to you, man. You keep talking all you want. I don't like this team. I don't like this team at all, and here's the reason why. This looks like a plug-and-play game. This looks like a plug-and-play where I'm just going to be able to like just put a team together just because, and this is what I would choose. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I have no clue because... Derek Carr, to your point, is not going to survive this year. So then what are we going to have? Oh, Marcus Mariota. This is going to be a great time. He then was we, good last year. Really? Nick Peterman's up next. Either way, uh, what do I have? A Gruden's such a psychopath. He always has to have a pet project, you know. Exactly. He always has to be some, have some quarterback that he's working on in the in the shed, you know. So what is it then this year? I thought that there would be something. But, man, you even look at their draft sometimes, and the people in the crowd were just like, why? Yeah, that's every, the problem. They're every, too they're too much of hipsters. They're too cute. 
Yeah, but it's also every player, and we talked about it whenever it happened. It was you could have picked this guy in the next round. Like nobody was going to pick him. What the hell are you talking about? They did that with every single one of their picks where I don't know if this is Gruden being smarter than everybody. I just don't think, again, you got rid of the offensive line where Josh Jacobs was already banged up. Yeah, he was bad last year. What are we, what am I talking, what is going on with this team? I don't like this team. Well, and so that, I mean, the idea for the Raiders is that they traded Cooper, they traded Mac to get a bunch of first round picks to kind of build, and then they cut space and they got a bunch of first round picks to build his team off of. And these are their these are their defensive draft picks since they took over in 2018. So in 18, and these are like top 100 picks. P.J. Hall in the second round, Arden Key in the third round, Nick Nelson in the fourth round, Maurice Hurst in the fifth round. None of those players are on the team at all anymore. In 19, they drafted Clyde Farrell in the first round, Jonathan Abram in the first round, Trayvon Mole in the second round, Max Crosby in the fourth round, Isaiah Johnson in the fourth round. Farrell's a, a really good run defender, great volleyball player. Like He bats down past the line of scrimmage, isn't that good a pass rusher. Abram has been really bad so far in his career. Uh, Mullen's been all rise and outside cornerback, uh, but nothing special. But those are two first round picks and a second round pick. Max Crosby is like JJ Watt without the athleticism. Uh, just an absolute, like, gets the most out of his ability, plays the pass and run game real well. Last year, they drafted Damon Arnett in the first round, Amik Roberts in the fourth round. Uh, Arnett's already like the fourth cornerback on the roster. It was terrible last year. Who knows if he even plays very much at all. And this year, they, they added. Uh, Boeing Traven in the second round, Malcolm Coons in the third round, Devon Diablo in the third round, and Tyree Gillespie in the fourth round. So after they drafted Leatherwood at right tackle, they went all defense the rest of the way. And it really wasn't like, it wasn't necessarily a bad decision they made by trading Mack and Cooper. They just didn't hit on the defense at all whatsoever. And they tried to build the defense to the draft, and they failed spectacularly at it. And that's what's held them back the last two seasons. And it's just funny because, again, it's like what I'm trying to say. What are you trying to get where we've talked about now teams where they're building something on a certain side of the ball in order to help, for example, uh, Chargers. We still think it's a year away, but they're still building to protect so that their guy can be able to put up points. Same thing with Kansas City. Even with Denver, they're at least building the defense where the defense is scary. I don't know what they're doing here in Vegas. It's like they're in Vegas. It's just crazy to me to think, oh, Derek Carr is comfortable with Nelson Aguilar. Let's get rid of him. Well, oh. but it was a it was a big contract though, and it was a one off year for Aguilar. Like I'm not get like I don't hate that decision at all. I'm talking about just making Derek Carr feel comfortable because at this point, if you're not going to invest in a guy that he has a bond with. If you're not going to invest in an offensive line that's going to be able to protect him, what are you doing? Are we just waiting around for the perfect guy? Because eventually, man, I feel in all honesty, I feel eventually in this six years, Gruden is going to tank one season in order to get a certain quarterback that he wants more than life. Yeah, maybe. But I don't, that's not Gruden's style, though. Gruden loves, no, he loves rehab projects. He loves. That's what he loves. He loves fourth-round quarterbacks that he can bang around the shed with, you know, and try to get something out of them. But what else is he doing? Like, Josh Rosen is going to be an Oakland Raider next year. I would imagine. Like that's, that's what Gruden likes. He's not he's not first overall pick quarter, uh, sort of guy. 
Um, I mean, like again, this offense has been a top ten offense the last two years, and there's you know, not this year, a, a maybe not this year. I mean, I think the offense line can still be. I don't think I'm not going to sit here and be like it's going to be the 24th or whatever. I still think it's going to be a, like a maybe the 12th best offensive line. And it's going to be interesting to see what you know Nick Martin does, the actual offensive line coach. Incognito didn't play it all last year. All the the video I saw of Alex Leatherwood, like he's an absolute monster in the run game. He's kind of like slow in his pass set at right tackle, and so may give you know problems to Derek Carr. And Denzel Good isn't very good, but like my issue with this is just kind of what I mentioned earlier. Carr needs the offensive line. And so it's like, this isn't a team where you extract from the offensive line to put, inject into the defense. They're a team that relies upon it, but they're desperate though. And they just haven't had any success on the even side of the ball. And really they, they added Casey Hayward and they added Yank and Gawkway and they drafted guys to add to this defense. And their new defensive coordinator this year is Gus Bradley, the former defensive coordinator of the Seahawks, former Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, um, former defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers as well. And, like, I think this defense kind of fits well for him, though, aside from the linebacker group. Like, I think Abram is a really good, strong safety in this defense. I think Moverick's a great free safety in this defense. I think Hayward is perfect for it. I think Mullen should be okay. But the question is, like, can they get the front four pass rush to make this defense work? And I don't know. Like, it ha- it's like, I think their defense really depends on Ngakwe, Quinton Jefferson, Farrell, and Crosby. And if they can be, like... um you know, just like a pretty good pass rush. I think this defense can improve, you know, to fairly good this year, though. The hell are you talking about? You're building this up as if this is going to be a solid team. Man, not everyone in this division can win 10 games. You I'm, not say, I'm not saying that. All I know is you're trying. It's like you're leaning towards that. I'm just saying not I, every- I like them more than I thought I did going into this. But after, like, I thought about it, I did my research, I watched some stuff. I was like, I kind of like the Raiders again this year. I don't like this team at all. I'm not a fan. I don't, I don't even care. I'm I'm not a fan of this team whatsoever. I was a fan last year, and that's what's silly about this. But it get better. Yeah, I think they're kind of they're stuck in the mud. Yeah, and like, like they, again, like they they lost their offensive line. They got a little bit better on defense. I I, I just really do think it depends on how good their front four pass rushes. But it's again, it's like I'm trading off for something. I'm not really getting better. I'm just trading something for something. Yeah. That's silly to me. Well, it's, and, but I mean, like yeah. the defense has just been bottom five for the last two seasons. And it's like, can this be the, the 12th best offense and the 16th best defense instead of the 10th best offense and the 28th best defense, you know? Well, and that's what I'm kind of saying, though. And that's where the two teams that I've talked smack about here is the Denver and Oakland. And it's because. They're not choosing anything. It's like both teams are standing still for me where we talked about the Chargers and we've talked about Kansas City where they're picking something and they're going with it. Regardless if you agree with it or not, they're still picking a side to choose versus, again, Oakland. They didn't get better. And with Josh Jacobs where it just seems like he's banged up all the time, you pointed out Derek Carr needs protection. Why am I getting rid of the offensive line? Yeah, I mean that's again that's the thing. Like they're not the Chiefs, you know. Yeah, exactly. They're not the Chiefs. They're not. Uh, they're not they're Houston. Thirty-eight. They're not going to score in the thirties at know, all. They're not Arizona. You know, they're not like they have to have uh, really good offensive line play. What do you think about rugs? So I can't lie to you. More than anything, most disappointing. I mean, he just was kind of. What was it? It was maybe one deep throw that he would be able to have his hands on. Yeah, that on. game against the Chiefs. 
But he had other that than, one really deep catch. Other than that, though, what else? They beat the Chiefs last year. Yeah, I know. They but scored 49 on them. Well, we've talked about it. Waves offensive line, you can never predict what Oakland, Derek Carr would be able to do. This year's a little more predictable. He's going to be crying, yeah. as usual. But people are going to be respectful. I like, I like Derek. Listen, I He's a real live, laugh, love sort of guy. Okay, all right. Does he have that hanging up? Yeah. You like that? Was it E Pray Love? You like E Pray Love? No, he's not E Pray Love. He's Live Laugh Love. So E so Live Laugh Love is better than E Pray Love? For sure. We need this as a poll. Uh, whenever we were looking at houses earlier this spring, we were locked in this house and they had a bathroom sign that said Live Laugh Texas. I was like, God damn. I loved right. it so much. And I tried to buy one on the internet and they didn't make anywhere. I can't find one. So you went back and you stole it? I should have. Should have. I should have. And the whole bathroom is just Texas stuff. I was like, I love this. I love this family. By the way, we have six million listeners. I'm sure somebody they probably yeah. Somebody, our- please, if you can find a live laugh Texas wall hanging, let me know. Send yeah. me the link. Like, do it. Get out of here. Come on. Um. So I. Yeah, I think Ruggs was kind of disappointing last year. What? So what like disappointing. the the second year quarter uh, wide receivers, you have Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, Rager. Jefferson, Ayuk, Higgins, Mims, I just like to say Mims, LaVisca, and, and Michael Pittman Jr. Who are your three favorite of the second wide receivers? Well, the problem is, so Jefferson, obviously, but he was kind of banged up. He was like 1,200 yards. Well, Absolutely no, no, no. incredible. Somebody, he got banged up today at training camp. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sure it'll be it- fine. Yeah, no, no. They said it's fine. It's not any too serious. But still, they were saying it was like some type of ACL, whatever. That's all I read. But I would say more than anything, obviously, it's my boy CD. Obviously, it'd be my other boy. And the third. So you're saying CD, Jefferson, then who, who do you have third here? That's what I'm thinking. Hold on, hold on. I'll, you know what? I, I talked smack about him earlier, but fine. Judy. All right. I have the same three, too. Yeah, but how I think you- I think Judy's going to be really, really... I'm yeah, a cuss. So are you ready? Are you same. ready? See, that's my order. CD. Why do I keep blanking on the second name here? Jefferson. Jefferson. I was just talking to Jefferson, and then you have Judy. No, I'm, I- I'm a cuss real fast. Are you ready? Whoa. I think Judy's going to be really, really fucking good this year. Whoa. I think Whoa. he's going to be really good. Oh, my God. Hide the kids. We're putting mature content on tonight. <laughs> I gave a forewarning. You know, Damn. you can always turn the volume down real fast. You have to put an E, explicit. No, right I'm not next- doing that because it's going to hurt our listens. Oh, my God. No, it's not. It'll make it better. Um, I'm excited for Ayuk this year, too, though. No, you're not. He was fun last year. You're not excited for anybody I'm else. I'm excited Stop. for Ayuk. You just need to watch CD. And I'm, and I'm really excited for LaVisca, too. Oh, wait. Jefferson already being banged up. They already have Kirk Cousins problems. Dude, they're going to have some issues in Minnesota this year. I don't know. We are not that far yet. Uh, um, I, I Also, I forgot to mention the Raiders also added Kenyon Drake, and they added John Brown. No, no, I saw, it's, you, a fun, it's a fun skill group, you know? Yeah, great. I really hope Derek Carr can throw it in two seconds. Yeah, you have Ruggs. You got yeah. Waller. Yeah. You got John Brown. You got some Willie Sneed. You got Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I like Willie Sneed. He's pretty good. He's yeah, a good he's fourth wide receiver. He's slow. 
And like last year was really disappointing for Josh Jacobs, though. Like I, I he was incredible his rookie year. Um, last year wasn't so good. I think a lot of it was because the offensive line was injured, and it was they he done the same level of run blocking last year. So it'll be interesting to see what he gets this year. What it what would be the funniest record for the Raiders this year? Funniest record would be two and fifteen. No, that's not very funny. Why is that not funny? I guess so. That's hilarious to me. Yeah. What's funny to you? Well, I guess I don't I don't get to control what's funny or not. Positive and having dreams. Uh I think for me it would be eight and nine. I think that'd be the funniest record. Eight why would eight and nine Cause be the they just because they go eight and eight and over nine and seven for the last two years. No. They're not gonna do eight and nine this year. They're um their first eight games, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, Miami at Los Angeles, Chicago, at Denver, Philly, and then the bye. Yeah, great. Philly's going to beat them. And they have like eight winnable games this year, I think. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win eight games. Uh, so my key little prediction for the Raiders, I think they're going to be pretty much the same as last year. I think they just like put, they went from one thing to the other. This will probably be like the 12th best offense and the 19th best defense. I think they're going to be pretty okay again this year. I think this team's going to be worse. I don't think anyone's going to know what they are doing. And I see a very long year for Derek Carr. What long year? Is that your key prediction? Long year for Derek Carr? Actually, you know what my prediction is? Yeah, let's hear it. Kenyon Drake takes over for Josh Jacobs. I don't like that one. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't. That's why I wanted a long pause there. You love long pauses. Yeah, I like long pauses. That's my prediction. You don't like it because you're thinking about it. I'd like a good long pause. You know, everybody has to add all these filler words and say ums and, and uh, uh, uh. You know what's good? You know what's better? A nice long pause instead. No, you sound like what's-her-face from Fight Club. Oh, you know what some people like? If you just shut the F up. That's what you sound like. You sound like her. Is that who you want to be? Was it Elizabeth Bond Carter? Yeah, you want to be her? Is that who you want to be? Oh, she's kind of cute, I guess. Man, that's a good poll, too. I'll, I'll put it this way. Bellatrix can put an evil spell on me. <laughs> yeah, she can evade a cadaver. Okay. Okay. If you're not even going to say it right, then don't even say it at all. Oh, my God. I thought this was for Harry Potter fans, not for wannabes. Yeah, she can evade her lips onto my mouth. Kadava. <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. Uh, so the the over under for the Raiders is seven point five wins. What do you got? I have the under. I have the complete under. They're going to be five and twelve. Five and twelve. We got to put them at the over. You're going to put them at ten and seven. Yeah, I got the over. Oh my <laughs> god! What do you think this division is? I got them at nine and eight. Oh my god! I think we're pretty good. That is not a lock. That I think I think eight and nine is probably is a better prediction. But uh, yeah, let me switch that. I'm gonna do eight and nine for the Raiders instead of nine and eight. Let's switch that. Put in, put nine and eight. Man, you want to win a record? Put it. No, I'm still going with the over. I'm just gonna go eight and nine instead. We go eight and nine. So to recap here, the Denver Broncos. 7.5 wins. I have the over at 10 and 7. 
you have the under at seven and ten. Long pause. Damn it. The Chiefs, they are at twelve wins. I have the under at eleven and six. You have the over at thirteen and four. The, the Chargers, nine point five wins. The only thing we agree on. I have the over at eleven. You have the over at ten. And the Raiders over under seven and a half. I have the over at eight and nine. And you have the under at five and twelve. Best division in football. Best division my- in football. Oh my What's God. better? What do you mean what's better? It's not good. Who did we talk about last week with Cleveland, Baltimore? Pittsburgh and Cincinnati suck, though. You know what? I, this is, they're the South, the Colts are going to be bad this year. The Jaguars are going to be okay. The Titans are going to be really good. But the Cleveland Browns are better than anybody else in this division. Mm, yeah. Once more, Ravens are better than anybody else in this division, besides obviously Kansas City. But I think I put the Chargers to the same level as, like, I put them like slightly less than the Ravens and Browns. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I put it. I put them slightly less, and I I do think the Broncos and Raiders are better than the uh, Steelers and Bengals. You know what? We're going to talk about this. Whenever we get to our season, we're only going to talk. Yeah, it's going to be this for the NFC West, probably for best division. I think you're. I think you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> insane. The membrane. By the way, you're sitting in the dark. I'm, right? I'm living La Vida Loca. The sunset's over. Just like Bro. this podcast. Oh my god! Turn it off. So, thank you for listening to Battle Red Radio. I'm Matt Weston. Thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. I'll be back later this week with a, a special reading of Joey Bosa's grandfather's Wikipedia. And we're also talking about the AFC South. And we'll probably do it maybe like Thursday, you know? Maybe I'll, I'll bring the old lady over and they can talk to each other while we podcast. And we'll see them an hour and a half later, you know? Just lock them in the closet. Sounds good. Well, until next time, uh, I screwed that up. Let's start this again. Thank you for listening to Alfred Radio. I'm Matt Weston. And thank you for being on tonight, Taylor. You make me sick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.